today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Yesterday, we chatted on this show about the report that was put out that was released yesterday by Justice Michael Tulloch, which was commissioned by the previous provincial government, the Kathleen Wynne Liberal government, to look at police carding, the process of carding, and to see if there was any benefit to it, to see if the policies that the Liberals had put in were working, were effective, were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And in short, and it's a 310-page report, I'm not going to read it all to you right now. Maybe we'll do that late at night. It can be your, your put-you-to-sleep show. But yeah, the 310-page report, essentially, if you whittle it down, says the social costs of carding outweigh the benefits of carding. That's, that's the simplest way I can put it. But what that has left now is if we're going to officially, because it already the policies had already been put in place to get rid of carding, if it's officially now taken off the table, police say they need new training and new measures, new ways to get into the communities and do the legwork that is required to keep everybody safe. And that means that police associations and police service boards are saying to the government, we need more money. You want us to do this stuff. You want us to do what you're asking us to do. This is going to cost you some more money. This could, in fact, lead to good results. We'll talk about that in just a second. The question is, however, at a time when the provincial government that was elected on an austerity platform in many ways, a government that came in saying, we are going to be cutting costs. We're going to be whittling down the budget. We have a huge deficit in this province. Is there money for this? Is this a realistic ask by police? for more cash at a time when things are being cut. Clint Tulin is the president of the Hamilton Police Association. He joins us now. Clint, how are you today? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us. What would, so if, if more money was to be provided, if there was more funding for this, what would more money do? Well, and we'll use Hamilton Police. Obviously, that's, that's who you're affiliated with. If, what would more money do for this project or for this kind of thing for Hamilton Police? Well, I think the front end of it would be the training aspect to make sure that all of the recommendations, should they be implemented by uh, by the current provincial government, uh, that the training be put in place and the systems be put in place so that we can meet the requirements of the recommendation itself. That would be the front end. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it would look like down the road as far as whether it's it's building um, new systems to, to interact with the community. I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, like you said, it's a 300-page document. I'm not quite through it all. Um, I think it's going to take a little <laughs> bit of time before that happens. It's, it's not exactly too. John Grisham stuff. No, it's not. And, uh, I mean, I've really tried to focus on the recommendations themselves just to have a look and, and kind of uh, get a feel for wh- where Justice Tulloch was going with it. So I think the front end would be just the training itself and and. and um, how to appropriately apply the recommendations. I mean, there's a lot of things in there that even it speaks to the promotional process that when you're, when you're promoting people, that you ensure that you promote people who are open to change and uh, who, who don't have some of the, um, I guess you'd say, historical views of police officers. Uh, whether those are true or not, or that's a different discussion. Carding was... And correct me anywhere I go wrong along here, but carding was essentially stopped a couple of years ago. And even about a year before that, while it was in the discussion, it was being, it was certainly seen as a, something that was being phased out. So what's, if we need the training now in order to deal with what the justice's report is, what's been happening since? Because surely we haven't just been carrying on business as usual. 
No, we haven't, and we have actually, uh, we have a training program in Hamilton, and as I'm sure there are um, across the province in different uh, police services, uh, we have um, the, like, uh, not only just the training, we've, we've had to implement different kinds of forms, we've changed the policies and procedures, all of that has already happened. Uh, and, and again, without going through uh, the, the, the report in detail, I'm, 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 I think I'm confident in saying that most, if not all, police services have done the same. So we've already taken the steps to address the changes which came into place January 1st of 2017. So these are modifications to that and, and, and in some cases extensions. I mean, uh, the, the one area that I noticed and that really stood out to me was uh, the recommendation to, um, to modify other provincial statutes to include uh, the street checks regulations, which which is which is uh, to me quite problematic. Right, because the my thought as I was asking that question is, if we've had this in place since 2017 and we've all and we've made these changes, and the training has been done, what would be the additional training then that we would need now that has not already been done to handle the changes? Uh, well, again, Scott, I don't know if it's some uh, police services are not quite as, um, uh, I, I, I guess, haven't been as extensive, the, the training itself, as Hamilton, because I know that Hamilton has been very proactive and done an awful lot to address uh, the legislation. So I don't know if that's a, th- those recommendations are a result of some services just kind of lagging behind, or it's a result of the actual uh, recommendations. Um, I do know that um, anything that involves uh, at further training is going to come at a cost, and that's that's. I know I read um, uh, some comments by the Toronto Police Association president Mike McCormick mm-hmm. and Bruce Chapman. Uh, there's no no two ways about it. If you're going to increase the the training, um, it's going to come at a cost. And and of course, I was also looking at the recommendations. The one recommendation on what has to be included in a, in an it's uh, they're called regulated interactions. Um, the list goes from A all the way to R. Well, that's a pretty extensive report. So those types of things, if you're going to monitor those types of things, you're going to have to increase staffing. This, is, this isn't uh, you know, a two-sentence report saying, I stopped this person at this date and this time. When you're, you're listing all the way from A to R, and it's a whole plethora of different different items that you need to report. You have to have analysts. You have to have um, data entry people. You have to have people that are are making sure that it's appropriately uh, tracked, and and that the regulations are followed based on the recommendations by Justice Tulloch. So we're not talking necessarily then about a one-time expense, a one-year line in the budget for police training, because if you're going to have to have more staff, this is going to be an ongoing expense then. Absolutely, it's it's something that um, is is going to be an ongoing thing that's monitored. We're, I mean, the 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 conversation is quite extensive on the police database and so on and so forth, and the responsibilities of not just the police services, but the police services boards as well. So, uh, to to have those systems in place to make sure that the these these documents are purged on the appropriate dates. Uh, that the systems are in place to to make sure that it's properly tracked. All those things take time and they take people to do it as well. And as well, it takes technology. With the some of the changes that your association and your members have seen over the past couple of years, as you've talked about these changes that Hamilton Police have made, we don't know what the other departments have made, but as, that you have made, do police stops now take longer time? 
if you're going to deal with some, and I'm not talking about, you know, your average, uh, I'm talking something that might have been something that carding would have been involved with or a, a, a random stop before. If you're doing that kind of community work now, do they take longer time to dot all the I's and cross all the T's so that it, you're going to have more officers tied up for longer? Well, I guess there's there's two answers to that. Uh, firstly, uh, to answer your question, yes, they do take longer. If you're going to uh, do what's called a regulated interaction, then yes, you're going to have to fill out the receipt. You're going to have to fill out the paperwork that goes through the system here at the like at the police service to to properly monitor um, um, those types of stops. Uh, on the flip side, I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of police officers that are weighing the pros and cons of doing a regulated interaction. So they're doing less of them. Well, I, I'm yes, I'm going to say that they are. Now, with that being said, though, I think, um, well, what I know for a fact is that our police officers here in Hamilton continue to do their proactive work. When they see something that they believe is... is um, suspicious, and I'm very careful to use that word because it's actually defined in this regulation, suspicious activity, which again, I think is very problematic. Um, but they, uh, police officers in Hamilton continue to do their work, and, and I think that if you, you, you watch some of the reports that come out of the Hamilton Police Service, you'll see uh, some of the biggest arrests, seizures of guns and drugs and so on, uh, that's done through proactive policing. So they're still doing their jobs, but um, it's certainly that 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 creep of um, of not oversight, but of being continually criticized and second guessed on 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 some of the things that you're doing. It's certainly starting to play a role. I won't hold you to the exact definition, but as you've read it, what does suspicious mean then? If if suspicious is is now a, an actual definition that you have to follow, what does that mean? Well, it, it, it means, so it's, the, the recommendation is that it be, uh, for universal reasons across all police services in Ontario, that there be a consistent definition. And the most problematic part of that is that I see the word objective. Well, object, uh, you know, an, an objective position can mean a lot of different things to different people. What's objective to a police officer is not objective to a civilian. We do uh, historically anyway, and this is what we're seeing decline in, and that's working on a hunch, you know, that gut feeling. That is being taken away um, under this, under the current legislation and these recommendations. So, um, I mean, I've sat in on interviews by the OIPRD where um, it's clear that ob- objectivity is an issue. Not like it, it, it's it's one of those things that it's a personal. Um, now people would say that it's subjective, but what's objective to me and what's objective to you is, I think, a pretty transient term, if you if you will. That's what I find uh, really uh, difficult to understand when it, it, you know you're giving a definition on such a suspicious activity. We talked about training to start this. Now, you've made clear that this would require probably some more staff, some more people. But when the tra- as far as the training part goes, would it be fair to say that if more money was required for that, that that would be the training part would be a short-term budget item? Because presumably after that, Clint, once the officers were trained, any new officers coming in would have received this kind of training at the police college before they got here. So they'd be up to date on the current procedures. Well, what we do, Scott, on a year-to-year uh, basis is uh, block training. It's a week that the officers go and they do like all sorts of different uh, training. Some of it is mandated by the province and some of it's um, 
um, just training that we we think is important in our community here in Hamilton. But what I can tell you is case law is ever changing. So uh, it it certainly once the initial training is done. Um, you're going to have to have follow-up training as time goes on because case law just changes the way in which uh, laws are interpreted and, and how they're applied. So I, I would agree that the, 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 the uh, upfront training would happen and that would be a one-time thing, but you would see throughout um, you know, the course of an officer's um, uh, career that, that different things change due to case law and, and so that would have to be addressed on an ongoing basis. Now, and to be absolutely fair for people listening, this is not just Clint or other police association people asking for more money. Justice Tullock in his report suggested more money for police as a result of what he was suggesting. So it's not just you guys. That said, Clint, and you know this as well as everyone listening, this government came into office, this provincial government came into office on a platform running on austerity. We are going to cut the budget. We're going to cut the deficit. We're going to get rid of things. Here you're going to have to make a case that they should be spending more money. How do you do that? Well, I'm I'm glad it's not my job. I mean, we, uh, Scott, right from day one, the whole issue of book carding and street checks, um, myself, my role as a, as a president of an association is not to try to direct um, legislation or otherwise. It's to inform the public and protect my members. That's that to me, like that is the the primary goal. It's going to be up to the municipalities to try to find a way to convince the provincial government that, that this is funding that they are going to have to have. Historically, that has not happened. This has fallen onto the municipalities themselves. So when we see these t- types of changes, whether it's uh, you know the 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 oversight review that 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 um, recommended a number of different changes, or it's the carding legislation. Historically, that's fallen on the shoulders of the municipalities, and I think that's why you're seeing police services board members actually speaking up on this report, saying, look, at, if you want uh, these changes and you want this training put in place and you want these, these new systems in place, the provincial government, you guys are the ones who, who put this um, review together, then you're going to have to, to fund it. Now, again, I know that it was the Liberal government who... Yeah, it's put, a little uh, trickier because it's two different governments right. now that uh, the, the second one can say, well, we didn't ask for it. And that, that, that may be something that we see, Scott. I don't know how the, how, the, um, how the current government's going to react to the recommendations. Clearly, they're going to do their due diligence, but I guess we're going to have to sit back and wait and see. But I What happens you, if they do say no? What happens if the government says, you know what, there just is no more money for this? Deal with it. Well, I, that's going to be interesting because uh, then we'll fall on the current legislation and, and the way it's written and the way that we've been applying that legislation up to this point. Um, you know, the, the, the problem becomes now if Justice Tulloch has made a recommendation that now, um, you know, we have a complaint in six months uh, that, that would have been addressed by a recommendation, but it hasn't been implemented, then I think we're going to see whether or not it's kind of a forced reaction, whether the, 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 the changes are forced upon us because of the recommendations. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Because I can, I, I was looking up the numbers just before we came on, and Statistics Canada now is 2016-17, so we're a little behind, so the number is going to be a little higher. But at 2016-17, across Canada, not just Ontario, across Canada, it was almost $15 billion was spent on policing. And I can, and you probably can too, I can see citizens, I can see people in the government saying, you know, enough is enough. We, we don't have more than $15 billion for policing 
figure it out with the money you have. I could easily see that being the case. Yeah, and, and if you also, um, there's an interesting article um, today about the way that the, this this report has been presented as well. There's statistically and factually, there's no um, evidence presented in the review um, to support some of Justice Tullock's findings. You know whether or not uh, the, the the total impact that carding has from a social uh, perspective. Um, so when you consider that as well, what's the justification behind it? And can you, can you justify spending a lot of money based on a report that doesn't have the causal relationships or the, or the statistical data to support the recommendations themselves? I guess uh, that's up to the provincial government to make some decisions on. But uh, again, you know, if, if these are the things that, that the government wants implemented, I've, I've been really, really firm on this. I don't think that the citizens of Hamilton should pay for this. I think that it should be a provincial government um, bill, and we'll have to wait and see whether or not uh, the, the, the provincial government wants to enter into that. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know even who the police if they're going to be successful, who they make the case to, whether it's the people or the government. But it's um, it's an interesting one I, that I'm sure is going to be discussed a lot and I'm sure is going to cause great headaches within the provincial government because, as I say, they are trying to cut and this means adding more. And everybody, it's not just, it's not just police, everybody's looking for more. So how do you pick which more you're going to give? Yeah, and, and um, like I, I, I truly believe that there's some recommendations in this report that are actually going to deter public safety. I really do. The, I mean, the, the recommendation to start changing um, other legislation like the Highway Traffic Act. Um, when I read some of the recommendations related to that, um, I, it, it, gives, it gives me a lot of concern because I see that as, uh, as uh, a decrease in public safety, and that's something that the provincial government's going to have to weigh as well. They're going to have to speak to... Um, stakeholders like associations, police services, police services boards, to determine whether the recommendation in and of themselves have any real impact and or validity and what kind of impact that's going to have. Uh, like I said, I, I find uh, just reading it and knowing my personal experience issues surrounding the, the recommendations like having to apply these regulations to um, traffic stops to passengers, that to me is, is problematic because we know in policing um, what gang members are doing. We know what human traffickers are, are doing. And, and the recommendations that I'm reading uh, are going to actually allow them to ply their trade even more effectively. Clint Toulon, president of the Hamilton Police Association. Appreciate you taking the time today for doing this. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have a happy new year. You as well. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.